Funding for Startups, the Value of IP Rights. Welcome back for another episode of Cartmel's In Conversation. I'm your host, Lara Elder, and in today's episode, we're going to look at how intellectual property rights can boost the chances of a startup securing funding. I am very happy to be joined by my colleague, Ben Chapman, who is a senior associate in our engineering and tech teams. You might also recognise Ben's voice if you've listened to our graduate recruitment podcast, Discover IP, for which he is the host. Ben, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Lara. Nice to be here. Nice to be on the other side of the microphone. Now, look, Ben, when we were chatting earlier, you mentioned that your interest in this particular topic was sparked by a study published in, I think, October last year by the European Patent Office, the EPO, and the EU IPO, looking at the link between IP rights and access to funding for startups in Europe. That's right. So this was a study from the EPO and EU IPO, as you say, and it was a historic study looking at startups that were founded since 1999 that had a registered office in a contracting state of the EPO. And what they did is they compared the number of patent and trademark applications filed by all of these startups with the funding and subsequent public listings or acquisitions complete by these startups to try and get an idea of how these two things interrelate. Obviously, working in IP, we get to see firsthand how intellectual property rights can help a company grow, but it's not always that easy to quantify, is it? So I'm interested to hear what did the report find? So the report started by looking at data on startup financing that it took from Crunchbase, which is a big database that aggregates this data. And it looked at the financing that companies had at different funding stages. This is seed stage And then it looked at what it called early stage funding, which is series A or B funding rounds, and also looked at late stage funding, which is sort of series C and beyond. And it also took in data on successful exits in the form of an IPO, public listing on a stock exchange or an acquisition. Then what the study did is it took this financial data for startups, and then it looked at the data for each of those startups from the EPO and EU IPO other filings for patents and trademarks that those companies had made. So there's quite a few results that are in that report. And I would encourage anyone who's interested to go and have a look because there's really quite a lot of data. But some of the results that we picked out in our article, at least, on average, 29% of European startups have filed for registered IP rights of some kind, so nearly a third. Now, what was interesting is the report found that filing of a patent or trademark application in the seed or early growth stage is associated with a higher likelihood of subsequent funding. So the effect was particularly important in the early stage. And what the report showed was that there was a 4.3 times higher likelihood of funding for startups that had filed for trademarks in those early stages and a 6.4 times higher likelihood of funding for startups that filed for patents. But I suppose the headline result that was touted by the EPO and EU IPO was that for early stage startups that have applied for both patents and trademarks during that initial seed or early growth stage, they're up to 10 times more likely to successfully secure funding compared to startups with no intellectual property rights at all. And I guess the implication here is that startups that have both types of intellectual property rights are better positioned to secure funding as they grow. That's really interesting that it's the combination of the two. I'm sure we can talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But you mentioned successful exits as well. So 
whether it's an IPO or an acquisition. What conclusions did the report find there? The report found there that the filing of a patent or a trademark application is associated with more than twice as high likelihood of a successful exit through an IPO or an acquisition. So this is important news for investors that there's more likelihood of a realisation at the end for startups that have a patent or a trademark. That, of course, explains why investors are more interested in investing in businesses with registered IP. You mentioned patents and trademarks. So was one shown to be more valuable than the other? I don't think there's really too much difference between patents or trademarks. But what was striking is it did seem to be the combination of the two that really makes the difference. So startups that had filed for both trademarks and patents showed the highest likelihood of funding of both the seed and early stage. And in fact, that carried on all the way through. So in other words, one way to read this, I suppose, is that startups who take a holistic approach to their IP, rather than just focusing on one type of intellectual property right, are going to be the best place to attract funding and to achieve a successful exit. It's really good to hear. I mean, that's very much the approach we take with our clients here at Cartmills. I'm guessing, though, it must vary slightly from industry to industry as to which rights are going to be more valuable or what indeed the industry practices as a whole in terms of registering IP. Yeah, that's right. And I think what was really interesting for me about this report is it had the high-level results that looked across startups, across all technical sectors, but it did do its best attempt to break down different companies by different technology sectors. And that showed some great variation. So for example, in the biotechnology field, 39% of companies had applied for patents at the seed stage. And that proportion had increased by a factor of 2.3 to 90% for those successfully achieving late stage funding. So quite a large number had applied for patents at an early stage and nearly everyone had applied for patents by the time they're getting to late stage funding. So in the healthcare sector, on the other hand, only 22% of companies had applied for patents at the seed stage. And that had increased to 77% for those at the late stage. And you can think of that as an increase in the proportion by a factor of 3.5. So a markedly greater increase in the proportion of companies that have applied for patents getting to late stage funding. And then it's even greater difference in the AI sector, the artificial intelligence sector. So there, it was only 12% of startups had used patents at a seed stage, but out of the ones that secured later stage funding, that had increased by a factor of 4.7 to 56%. I suppose it's maybe not surprising that biotech companies are all over it, all over their patent strategy early on, but it seems it's particularly important for companies in other sectors, in the healthcare and AI sectors that you've mentioned, to secure IP protection at an early stage, which they're not necessarily doing currently if they want to gain an advantage over their competitors. That's right. I think there's one way of looking at this data and saying that for AI and the healthcare sector, having secured IP protection was a better indicator of whether or not companies in these sectors would secure late-stage funding compared to other companies in the sector. So maybe another way of putting this is having intellectual property rights seems to be associated with a greater increase in the likelihood of securing funding in those healthcare and AI sectors. So the companies in those sectors that secured IPOs at an early stage will have that advantage over their peers potentially. I suppose what struck me by the statistics you've just read out is that AI companies seem to be lagging way behind. They have particularly low rates of early stage patent filing, just 12% you mentioned. Why do you think that is? What afflicts AI companies in particular? 
I think that's a really interesting one because obviously artificial intelligence, there's loads of innovation going on, but I think there's quite a lot of misconceptions about what is and isn't patentable in the AI field. And a lot of startups will incorrectly think that any inventions implemented in software can't be protected with patents. And of course, the problem is if you go and launch your product into the market or you disclose lots of details about it, then you might have ruined your chances of ultimately being able to get patents that you might otherwise have been able to get. So my view is this the kind of field where startups can really benefit by having a conversation early on with an IP advisor who knows about AI and computer implemented inventions. And that advisor can work with them to try and identify any aspects of their products or innovations that might be patent eligible. And this in turn can help them at least understand what their options are and secure IP rights if that's appropriate and in good value for money. And that can in turn really help differentiate those companies over their peers when looking for investment. And ultimately, obviously, it can help them protect their innovations and grant them that monopoly. Yeah, so not being too pessimistic if you're an AI startup and assuming there's nothing there, but go and have a chat to somebody because there might be. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So taking a step back, does this mean, can I make the broad sweeping statement that registering IP is the best way to secure funding for a new business? Well, as a patent attorney talking to a trademark attorney, I obviously want to say yes, <laughs> that it's exactly what they should do. But clearly, we need to draw a distinction here between correlation and causation. I don't think any part of these results is saying that the act of filing IP is what has led to these companies being able to secure funding. And the report doesn't present it as that. But it really does say that startups have secured IP rights are more likely to secure funding. Of course, the flip side there is that it may be that the companies who've registered IP rights are the ones that are more innovative or have a more unique brand or are broadly more valuable. What is true, however, is that investors are increasingly looking at startups IP, both registered and unregistered rights, when making decisions on valuations and funding. So I think to some extent you can say yes, like the act of at least putting your IP affairs in order will be very helpful when you go and start having those conversations with investors. And as I said, this is coming from a broader range of institutions as well. So for example, at the beginning of this year, NatWest announced a new lending proposition for what it deems scale-ups. So that's startups who are looking to make that next step and expand. And generally, these are companies that are very light on physical assets that they can sort of use as security against funding but they can be very rich in intellectual property. And so this new suite of lending products that's coming from that bank is based on leveraging their registered and unregistered IP. So I think this is just one example of a broader trend of investors and funders looking beyond the team and the products at startups or what physical assets they might have and really thinking about what IP assets they have when they're making their decisions. And so of course, it's gonna be companies who have intellectual property and have a good understanding of what intellectual property their company has and could be generating, they're going to be the companies that are in a far better position to secure funding through these kind of products or from investors who are looking for IP-rich companies to invest in. And obviously, registered IP rights are going to be a really important part of that. And they're always going to be a strong public signal to investors and lenders that a particular startup is IP-rich. So I suppose the message I'm getting loud and clear from you is startups need to think about their IP rights and protecting them from an early stage, right? Absolutely. I think the message from this report is that all startups can benefit from putting in place strategies to sort of secure registered intellectual property rights at an early stage. And a good 
IP strategy is going to help a startup not only by securing those registered IP rights, but also help them get a better understanding generally of what IP they're actually generating. And that's going to be really helpful when those companies come to have conversations with investors and other funders. Yes, I'm always thinking about this. Imagine in the heady rush of innovating new products and technology, it's not always easy to take stock, take a breath and figure out where the value lies from an IP perspective. Everyone's so excited about developing whatever it is they're developing. And that's, of course, where we come in as advisors. And we spend all our days thinking about this stuff. And we have that sort of external perspective, I guess. Yeah, that's right. So you've also mentioned that investors are aware of unregistered IP in businesses. But what are the key advantages of registering IP versus not? So there's a few advantages on registered IP specifically, and these were touched on in the EPO, EU IPO report as well. So, for example, with patents, obviously that is an incredibly strong intellectual property right, and the monopoly conferred by patents are going to reduce the competitive pressures because it's going to carve out that monopoly for your, around your own innovation. And that can signal to investors that there's a potential for a better profitability at the medium to long term because those competitive pressures are lower. Patent filings themselves can also be good indicators of the technical capabilities of the firm and their employees. So, you know, it stands to reason that if you're generating lots of patentable inventions, then you're also innovating more generally. Another really important factor from an investor perspective is that patents and trademarks will survive as assets in the event of bankruptcy. And so that provides security for investors and lenders. And that's not necessarily as true for unregistered IP rights. It's also more straightforward to license registered rights, such as designs, patents, and the like, compared to unregistered know-how. And that licensing can provide additional income. So again, that's a, just an indicator to investors that there are other revenue streams potentially down the line. And I think one thing that's actually quite important in a lot of different sectors is that startups can often find themselves as junior partners in research ventures or working with larger firms who are try to implement their technology in other fields. And patent rights can provide that security to startups as they enter joint research ventures with larger firms. And that in turn can help them in accelerating their own research development, and that can start accelerating their own development. Switching away from the patents for a second, the trademark applications really demonstrate that a startup is aware of the importance of marketing protection. They have that view as well. So that's a really good point. And of course, it was the particularly powerful statistic from the report that I think it was 10 point something, I forget now exactly, but the joined up approach of patents and trademarks really catapults businesses in their search for funding. And this is with my trademark attorney hat on now, but I've seen it happen more often than you would think. It's often all too easy for companies that are really focused on their technical innovations often companies founded by scientists, inventors, the technical wizards, they forget about or at least they don't prioritise trademarks at an early stage. But of course, they're an essential part of marketing any products that are created in differentiating the company from its competitors, reaching consumers through the hubbub of the internet. There's a lot of noise out there now and brands are so important for attracting custom, but I guess also investors. And I suppose for me, most importantly, companies which have strong trademark rights demonstrate to investors that they also have a really long-term view, given the potential of trademarks to last in perpetuity if they're well looked after, well beyond the expiry of any 
patent or registered design monopolies. So, I mean, this is a really cliched example, but think how many of us still reach for Nurofen for our back pain over the many generic ibuprofen alternatives in spite of the, I don't know what it costs, 10 times more, maybe eight times more. It's because they trust the brand and that's something that's been invested in from an early stage in that company. But all of this makes me wonder, why aren't all startups seeking IP protection early on? We The percentages were high in the biotech industry, but still not super high. I mean, why isn't everybody doing this? That's a good question. I think ultimately the reason is down to cost, right? I mean, early stage startups, whatever field they're in, are by and large, they're running lean and they're often going to be working on tight IP budgets. I think though that one thing this research highlights is that it's worth that investment at an early stage because investing early in IP can pay dividends further down the line. So startups shouldn't just see this as a cost, but really see this as an investment. And I guess more broadly, when we talk to startups, we also advise them to look at their intellectual property in a really holistic way. Don't just aim to get patents on file for the sake of numbers but try and put strategies in place as early as possible to understand what IP you're generating and then identify what is going to be the most important IP for your startup going forward and what is the best way to protect that. Is it registered rights such as trademarks, patents, designs and the likes? And then you can really make that decision about where to invest your limited budget and get the best realisation out of that. Ultimately, really, the better understanding that a startup has of its own IP And the earlier it secures those IP rights, trademarks and patents, the more likely they are to secure funding and have a successful exit down the line. Well, I think it's fair to say this report provides a lot of food for thought. I'm sure we could talk about this all day if we wanted to, but I'm afraid that's all we have time for right now. But if you're listening and you're interested in this topic and would like to know more, do go to our website at cartmels.com and have a read of Ben's excellent article on the subject. And if you have any questions, of course, please don't hesitate to get in touch. Our contact details can also be found on the website. My thanks to you, Ben, for your many insights today and to you for tuning into this episode of Cartmills in Conversation. We hope you've enjoyed it and do join us again soon. Mm-hmm.